0: Welcome to Power Up Podcasts. This is episode 23, as what the phone says. Um, We're your hosts, Christopher. Cops, what up? And today we're bringing you a podcast filled of talking about progressions and some outdoor uh, activities and uh, events and stuff like that. Uh, But (coughs) we're going to start with progressions first.
1: When yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. do worry about you. There you go. Is it still recording? Uh, I think so. The screen went black. Tap the screen. Anyways. So, I'm just trying to make, finagle this so it works better. Oh, it's still going, okay. Alright, perfect. Anyways, yeah.
0: We're your hosts. Dobbs. And Chris coming at you go ahead oh okay <laughs> we're coming at you from out outdoors today uh, it's actually a pretty nice day about 77 degrees uh, but however in the past couple of weeks felt uh, that we wanted to talk about progressions <coughs> um, progressions being different ways uh, we've covered this a little bit different ways how to scale a workout but Um, we're talking about more of utilizing different progressions throughout different exercises um, different things that can help you out and different forms of a whole movement in general kind of like if you looked at um, pull-ups instead of just doing straight pull-ups or just kipping pull-ups things like that maybe working on um, seated pull-ups or ring rows things like that something of a little bit different nature um but yeah yeah yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's about it no um this topic is is near and dear to my heart I just I love it progressions because it can it can make or break um athletes or people um progressions are a great tool like Let's just break, like, break it down from the beginning. Like, what's a progression? A uh, Progression is something that is, so we'll just take, for example, a pull-up. So a progression for a pull-up would be something that is gonna help you to be able to do a pull-up or a strict pull-up that isn't uh, um, an, the actual movement. So it's going to, we're going to stimulate the muscles or um, the movements necessary to do the movement without actually doing it so that um, usually your progressions are gonna be something that's um, slightly easier than the actual movement but it's helping build uh, a good foundation so that way you can do the movement like a pull up so you know these progressions are gonna help you build the strength to do a strict pull up or um, to do a kipping pull up or things like that so that's what a a progression is Um, it's just something that's going to aid another movement Um, usually it's going to you find progressions around our foundational movements like um, you know squatting pulling like pull-ups strength movements um, snatch clean and jerk like there's just a a ton of progressions there's a progression for almost um, any foundational movement that you can do Um, so progressions like what we're talking, like why I care so much about progressions and why we're talking about them is because, like I said, it can make or break an athlete. If you have an athlete that is wanting to get pull-ups and they do the proper progressions, then it's going to help them to eventually get that pull-up and they're going to be happy. And so that's, that's a case where it made that athlete. It didn't break them. Um, it, it totally made them. And as far as progressions go, if you're somebody that's not quite sure on progressions, you know, that's why we're here as coaches is to help with progressions. During class, you know, we do general progressions like for pull-ups, you know, you'll do banded pull-ups or or ring rows, but there's a ton of progressions you can do that are gonna work lat and pulling strength that aren't just your general ring row or, you know, banded um, pull-up. And we do these in class because of equipment needs, also time. And so, you know, we can't set you up on some apparatus to help you with your strict pull-ups during class. It might either, it's gonna take up too much space or too much time, but we do know a lot more progressions where it's like, if we're working with you one-on-one or if you're just asking, it's like, we can give you multiple other progressions to help you with a movement or to get your strict pull-ups. So if you're like, hey, you know, I'm tired of doing ring rows or, you know, banded pull-ups, what else can I do? And it's like, okay, well, you can do like body weight um, laying barbell rows, you can do banded lat pulldowns, uh, you can do like rows with kettlebells, like rows with your barbell. You, you can just There's a ton of things we can do to help strengthen your lats without actually doing the movement. Um, so the, those are progressions that can help with pull-ups and it's where CrossFit, you know, gets it, its fancy or where it, what it really likes to stress or promote is that CrossFit is infinitely scalable. So, you know, you can scale almost any movement to stimulate a similar muscle group. So it's going to, you know, we're gonna get the same muscle stimulation from your advanced athlete all the way to your beginner who's never worked out before. Um, That's where progressions are great. Uh, Using them properly is, the most important thing you can do, but not just using your progressions properly, but understanding um, progressions as well. Uh, understanding which progression is appropriate to use for you know, y- the individual or yourself. And this is where we start to get into the conversation of making or breaking athletes. Um, so progressions can really break you as well if you're working on progressions in the wrong order. And I see this happening all the time. And it's stressful and it just, it doesn't really make, like, I don't know if uh, the athlete doesn't know, or if, you know, like they just see other people doing movements and they want to do them. Um, You know, a perfect example of this is, uh, if you have somebody who's working on butterfly pull-ups, but they cannot do, or I'm sorry, uh, butterfly, chest-to-bar pull-ups are. So if you have an athlete that's like, you know, trying to work on their butterfly, chest-to-bar, or even just butterfly, but they haven't done, established a foundational kip yet, or they can't do like more, more than three strict pull-ups. You know, that there's certain landmarks or benchmarks that you want to be able to hit before you move on to the next progression. And we see this happening all the time with athletes that, you know, I'll see an athlete working on butterfly, just even regular butterfly pull-ups. And I know, because I know the athletes, that this athlete can't do more than five kipping pull-ups, and they can barely do one to two strict pull-ups. And so it just begs the question, um, why are you going to work on something that is the hardest version of what you're trying to do before you've even done the foundational movements? So, you know, if the foundational movement of a, of a kipping pull-up is a strict pull-up. So it's like we should be able to do a couple strict pull-ups before you start working on your kipping pull-up. And then the next movement after that in in the advanced progression is, okay, then we can start to work on a butterfly kip, which is a little bit faster. It takes a little bit more um, body awareness, also positioning and musculature. Um, And then after that, you know, it goes like chest bar, strict chest bar. and the progressions continue to go up from there or get more difficult. And so where we really start to see this disconnect or where the athlete is breaking is, you know, working on things that are above your current skill level or strength level. Um, And for me, it just doesn't really make sense to be doing something like that. Um, A perfect, another example is if you have an athlete that's working on triple unders, but can't do more than 100 on broken double unders, there's no point to be working on triple unders. That is a much harder version of a jump rope than a double under. And if you can't, and 100, I I think personally 100 is the benchmark of where, okay, I'm good enough at double unders, I can start working on triple unders. But even 50, it's like, if you can do 50 on broken, then it would probably be, I'd say that's the minimum. And it's like, okay, you know, if you're interested in triple unders, then start working on your triple unders um it it goes all the way down to regular jump roping too it's like if you can't do more than 50 jump ropes unbroken then you probably shouldn't be working too much on double unders before you got that part of the progression down so it's like okay i'm really good at jump ropes i can do a thousand singles great it's like double unders are appropriate for you you understand the you understand the foundational movement of jump roping. So now we can move on to an advanced version of jump rope. Um, a double under and triple under, the jump should look the same. It's just you're jumping maybe slightly higher or you're moving your wrists faster. But other than that, like I always stress, it should look the same. So it's like, that's where we build that muscle memory from the foundational movement. You know, with, um, jump ropes, it's the single under. You build the muscle memory of just doing it in a perfect position, you can do you know 100, 200, 300 singles. And it's like, okay, now start working on doubles, but with the same technique that you learned your single with. So now we're just gonna have you jump a hair higher and you're gonna rotate your wrist faster. But if we looked at your jumps side to side, they should look pretty similar, right? You shouldn't start doing crazy things with your legs or tucking your knees in or kicking back or like rotating your arms or nothing should change um, besides the cadence at which your wrists are flicking and the height that you jump. Um, So that's where progressions can really start to hurt athletes. It's like, you know, you see, you you walk into a CrossFit gym and you see an athlete doing, you know, ring muscle-ups and you're like, holy crap, I really wanna try that. But you haven't either developed or demonstrated the foundational movements to do a ring muscle-up, which should be five strict pull-ups and five strict ring dips. If you can do those, then we can start working on, okay, well, you have the strength. Now it's just, it's a matter of, do I have the skill? Um, But if you're somebody that's working on muscle ups and you can barely do a strict pull up and barely do a strict ring dip, then I'm under the belief that it's like, we shouldn't even be considering muscle ups for, for that athlete. It's like, we should, all right, let's break down the movement. What is a muscle up? Well, it takes some pulling strength. It takes some pushing strength. Let's develop that. Once you have those foundational strengths, it's like, I can do five of each. It's like, okay. Now let's start working on the muscle ups. Let's start working on the kip, the pull, the transition, um, the, the positioning of your hands, You know whether it's false grip or whatever. Let's start working on these other things that are gonna help you get your muscle up, um, rather than you know if you have an athlete that, that can't do the foundational requirement for the movement, they shouldn't even be working on it. And that's where progressions for me is a huge deal because they can, like I said, make or break you. Um, Yeah, so you just have to be really smart about choosing which progression we're going to use and also being appropriate with what we're going to work on. Um, I've been seeing a lot of people working on bar muscle-ups in in the gym lately, and that's great. Like, I love that people want to get good and they want to try these advanced movements, but um, you have to ask yourself, you know, doing bar muscle-ups, it's a similar thing. It's like, can I do five strict pull-ups and can I do... With a bar muscle up it's more of like a push but i'd say like 10 unbroken push-ups would be good for a bar muscle up ring dips it's similar it's a little different but um you should be able to have some type of foundational strength in those in the pulling and pushing before we're working on bar muscle ups so it's like if you if we're not getting consistent chest to bars or you know there's just no point in working on that progression because if you don't have the strength to get it, it doesn't matter really how much skill work you you, you do, you're never gonna be able to do the movement until you develop the strength. If you understand that as an athlete and you're like, look, I'd like, I just wanna practice the kip or you know just what it feels like to get over the bar, Like that's perfectly fine, it's great. But if you're somebody that's like, I really wanna get this movement and you don't have the foundational requirements, it's just not gonna happen. So it's like, instead of wasting time working on an advanced movement, work on the foundational movements, work on the progressions. Once you get them, then move forward. All right? it's the same thing with, if you think about lifting weights, it's like, you're not gonna deadlift 300 pounds if your max is 250. So it's like, well, then you need to de- develop strength, work on that muscle group, and then eventually you'll get to 300. But it's like, you have to scale it back. It's like, if you just, Loaded, if your max is 250 and you loaded a bar with 300 and just tried to pull it every day, you're never gonna develop the strength to actually do it. You're just gonna fail every day trying to pull that bar up because you're not gonna develop any strength in the actual pull. You might develop like positional strength and um, like maybe core strength just from tightening so much. But other than that, like you're not gonna get the strength to pull that off the ground without stepping back and working on lighter weights or progressions of the movement. So when it comes to progressions, it's like, be smart about them. Ask us coaches or, you know, let us know some of the goals you have. Like, hey, I'd like to get a bar muscle-up or a ring muscle-up or handstand push-up. Like, um, what can I do? You know, like, well, it's like, all right, well, let's let's establish a baseline of where you're at currently. What can you do as far as that movement goes? And then, and then we can go from there. It's like, okay, well, you know, you can do this and this, but you need to be able to do X, Y, and Z. So let's work on X, Y, and Z before we move to that movement. It's the same thing, um, you know, with handstand push-ups. We see a lot of progressions there, and with pull-ups too. So um, here's my general rule of thumb for a progression: is if you've been doing that progression. So like, this goes more along the lines of common things that we see, like handstand push-ups or um, pull-ups. So if you're doing the same progression for more than six weeks, you need to make the progression harder. So if you're doing banded pull-ups, use less assistance, or if you're doing handstand push-ups and you know the ab mat thing, I really am not an advocate of using more than one ab mat. Um, a lot of people do it, even though I'm stressing like not to, um, just because the range of motion is so small, it's not really doing much for you. It's helping your stability muscles, but it's not doing much for the actual strength, developing the strength to push, because you're going to have strength literally about three to four inches but when it comes to that foundational push off the ground you haven't developed strength in that part of the push because you're only going to here every time rather than getting that full range of motion Um, so if you've been on a progression for more than six weeks you either need to change your progression or come and talk to a coach because that that is an indicator that that progression might not be working for you because you're not getting better and it's like that's the purpose of doing a progression. So it's like you shouldn't be stuck on banded pull-ups for six months, or you know, one ab mat on your handstand push-ups as as your progression. So if you get stuck on progressions, that's a problem too. They should only be there for like six weeks at the most. It's the longest we should be doing a progression. So if you have one ab mat and you're doing your handstand push-ups, after six weeks, you should have developed the strength to start being able to link together some strict handstand push or some full range of motion handstand push-ups um, without the mat. Same thing with banded pull-ups. If you're using a thick band after six weeks, you should be able to use a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less until you're able to do it. Otherwise, what's the point of doing the progression? It, it, you've no, we've made it so using a band or using the mats is no longer a progression for a handstand push-up or for a pull-up. Now it's just the movement. So now you're just doing a banded pull-up or an assisted handstand push-up but it's not considered a progression because it's what you always do. So now that's just the movement. So it's like if the goal is to get a strict pull-up, to get a, a full range of motion handstand push-up, then the progressions need to advance or change over time. Otherwise that means we're not getting any closer. So if we're on the two ab mat thing with the handstand push-ups and it's been more than six weeks, that should be an indicator to us. I'm not getting any closer um, to doing a handstand push-up. So then it's like, okay, well, what can I do? Well, it's like, okay, well stop just doing the two ab mat handstand up and start working on your pressing strength. So strict press, kettlebell, strict press, handstand holds or negatives all the way to your full range of motion. Like start doing different progressions than what you're doing if it's not working out for you. Same thing with pull-ups. It's like, oh, the banded pull-up, well, it's not. Okay, well, let's, you know, Let's either use more or less assistance so we can stimulate the muscle groups necessary and make this as hard as it needs to be. Um, Or let's find a different progression. Let's do something different to strengthen those muscles or to figure out what it is to be able to get that movement rather than um, just being stuck on the same progression or doing inappropriate progressions. Yeah. That's how I feel about progressions. They're great, they can make or break you, but if you don't, if you have a lack of understanding of progressions, um, they can definitely break you. Or um, if you've been stuck on a progression for a long time, it, it, it's probably hindering you more than it's helping you at that point, if it's been months on end that you're doing the same progression. So that's where, as an athlete, either change the progression or talk to a coach and be like, hey, I've been doing banded pull-ups with the green band for six months, like, and then we are be like, okay, well, that's a problem. Because, you know, it. if your goal is to get better and to get the pull-ups, that's a problem. If, and everyone's goals are different. If you're just like, look, I don't really care about doing a strict pull-up, like I'm fine with my band of pull-ups, that's a different story. So if you're on that progression and that's what you want to do. I just, I just dropped you. Um, If that's what you want to do, and you know, like the next goal level isn't to do a pull up or a muscle up or whatever. Then I'm not speaking about those people. It's like if, if that's your main um, goal, or you know, you're just like, hey, I just want to get a good workout. The banded pull up is fine for me. That's cool. But if you're someone that, in your head, has a goal of event, I'd eventually like to do some strict pull ups or some strict or some full range motion handstand push ups, or would eventually like to do some double unders or things like that and it's like let's work good appropriate progressions for a good amount of time in order to get you to
0: that goal um then also if you're uh if you're working on your progressions and you're changing them like how God was saying don't stay on one for more than six weeks um, I would say try more, like, uh, when you go into your progressions and you try something different, don't just do it once and then not do it for, like, uh, maybe a couple weeks or three weeks or something. Um, spend some time on it and work on it. In um, fact, like, uh, this is a little bit different, but um, I've done programs before that you do the same workout, like, uh, let's say, once a week, maybe a couple times a week. Those are, in themselves, those kind of a little bit different than what CrossFit is. But I'm talking about the strength kind of portion to it. If it's the same movement, that's a progression for a movement. Um, If you're targeting it, let's say a couple times a week, or else um, once a week, something like that, then you can see some strength gains um, um, happen uh, just through the uh, the (coughs) reoccurrence of that movement. Uh, Coming up in your programming Um, But again like these things can always come up in a workout or the string section of the programming of the class Or else you could even work on these things after class or before uh, Whenever you wanted to but remember the more you work on it the more you're going to get better at it Um, More strength you're gonna end up building um, over time as well Uh, Yeah, Yeah, so no,
1: I, I'm just gonna build on that. That That's a great thing that Chris brought up was um, frequency with working on your progressions and also understanding the right amount of time to work on a progression. Um, so something like double-unders, I tell people, if you wanna get double-unders, you should work on them for like two to four minutes a day. Like if even that, that's kind of a lot, all right? And that, that's not very much time. And it's gonna, you're going to get a lot better at doing them just from doing like two minutes a day. All right, here's where we start to, where it starts to get bad is, um, if you're like, I want to get double unders and you spend 45 minutes working on a progression for double unders and that whole session, that 45 minute session was super frustrating. You kept whacking yourself, whatever, and you kept doing all Well, you're not going to do that anymore because you're going to be like, God, that took a ton of time. I was super frustrated. So you're not going to be motivated to do it anymore. But if you do two minutes a day after two minutes, whether or not you did really well, you just stop and you're like, Hey, I had a good day or I didn't. The next day, it's gonna leave you hungry and it's not that hard where you're gonna to wanna to do it every day, you're like, oh, that wasn't bad, I can do it tomorrow, or the next day. It's like we start seeing that slippery slope of these progressions where you, you get really, really excited about doing a movement. Um, I get really excited about doing a muscle-up, so I spent an hour working on muscle-ups. Well, that sucked, and I don't have an hour to spend every day working on muscle-ups, so now I'm gonna do it once every other week because I just don't have that much time, and that's where we get into that slippery slope with progressions it's like if you want it to work the frequency needs to be correct it needs to be at least a couple times a week and the time period needs to be realistic like how much time can you spend and are willing to spend like let's say i'm gonna work on my progression for muscle ups three times a week what's realistic okay how much time do you have and how much time is actually necessary to stimulate your body and teach you to move correctly without overdoing it um, because it's really easy to overdo it. And I would recommend, if you're somebody that you already have the foundational strength for pull-ups and dips, and you know, we're just working on the kip and transition, I would say five to 10 minutes a day at the most. And that's what you should spend. And then at that, cut yourself off, save it for the next day, because then you'll stay hungry to continue trying to develop that movement, rather than, um, I just spent an hour on muscle-ups, I'm super frustrated. Um, that one session probably didn't help a ton, and now I'm not gonna do it for another few weeks because of how much time that took and how mad I am that freaking muscle ups are hard.
0: So this is the uh, about the time cap for the video the podcast. Video. We're leaving you, we got like um, five seconds on the video. So we're near the end of the progression talk. Um, so in the audio version of the podcast, I'm gonna be talking just a little bit more um, and a little bit more uh outside um activities and things like that. Uh so um oh yeah one of the other things air dancing. There we go. Air dancing my heart out. So uh one of the last things um I would say if you if you're practicing a progression um a couple times or however many times a week, um the right time to practice them is key. Like, let's say, if you're practicing um, bar muscle ups, um, for do such a powerful movement like that, you would want you either would want to be somewhat fresh after a warm up, or else have some um, slight fatigue um, set into your muscles for to end up practicing it. Like. Uh, you got warmed up uh, with a uh, strength part of a uh, workout like uh, you're working on strict pull-ups or something like that um, so that after a workout, after you do a wad, you're not completely exhausted to where you're going to attempt a bar muscle up and you're going to practice them and you have absolutely no energy for that or else maybe your hands are just you, you got ripped from a pull-up workout or toes-to-bar workout. You're trying you bar muscle up that is just going to hurt your hands you're probably not going to have as much grip and you're probably going to be tired um so picking the right time for to actually practice your progression um, especially if it's powerful movement is really key uh, to think about oh yeah that's super important
1: chris brought up chris brought a good point um so i'd say if you could choose it should always be Pre, pre-wad or like pre-working out to work on your progressions just because body fatigue sets in. Um, even with something as simple as double-unders, if you do a hard workout, uh, you're, you're gonna have some fatigue there. So just your, your body's movement patterns and neurological functions, everything firing, it's just not gonna be the same as if you were fresh. Um, so you just wanna practice progressions, if you can, when you're fresh. So before working out or coming early or anything like that, cause that's gonna help you get it the quickest. Um, if you're always working on progressions when you're after a wad, which I, I do see people doing a lot, it's not it's not going to break you. Um, it's just not ideal because you're tired. So like especially if if the movement you're trying to get requires a lot of a lot of strength or skill, it went out. Um, then you you're you're gonna have a really hard time getting that movement down if you are only practicing it after a workout because you're already tired. Um, CJ's here. C-J. Yo, CJ, baby. Talking progressions.
2: So, where's,
1: where's, where's the recording? It's right
2: there. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now I have it up. So, um, and we'll just talk yeah. to CJ about this. So we were talking about progressions and just kind of seeing athletes working on. Inappropriate progression, so like um, working on butterfly pull-ups when they can't even really do strict strict pull-ups or dipping pull-ups. What's an example that you might see in the gym of people doing stuff like this?
2: People trying bar muscle-ups before they're good at strict pull-ups. People trying ring muscle-ups before they can, you know, do a substantial amount of ring dips. Um, It's something that you see a lot with crossbows. It's something that's kind of disheartening because we get this idea that we, all we want to do is move forward. We don't care how we get there. So all we care about is getting to point B no matter how well we get there. When in reality, there's a lot of steps between, I say point B, but it's really like, you know, point J and point A. Like point A is the pull up, point J is the muscle up. People don't take all the steps they need to get there. Like one, you have how to false grip muscle up first before you go to a regular grip muscle up. Um, people need to take the time to do these things before they just hop into it think they can try and try over over and over again because what happens is you ingrain failure patterns in your body as well from trying these things over and over and over again without taking proper progressions it's like learning how to run before you go off it's silly, you shouldn't do that it's a bad idea
0: Um, (laughs) absolutely I'll probably say uh, a different type of progression which isn't an exercise um Flexibility also can help out. Like, if you take a snatch, for example, overhead squat. You really want to do one of those, and you don't have the flexibility in your lats. Um, you're most likely, or lats, or maybe like calves. Ankle mobility, yeah. yeah, it's a big one for overhead Yeah, if you don't have any flexibility there, you're most likely, you know, not going to um, achieve that movement. Um, What's
2: funny is I kind of had a conversation like this recently with uh, one, of our, one of our members. Um, I won't point out this person on uh, podcast, but you know, this person is really good across the board, but really struggles with one movement or movements of one sort over and over and over again. And instead of stopping and breaking down and going through a progression to make themselves better at that movement, like breaking down the, the cause of the problem and solving the, the problem, they just keep doing more of the same movement. It's like no, you need to go through, you need to back it back down, start from from the problem, let's work it through a progression, and then we'll go back to the movement here and see if the movement improves. You know, uh, and so so it shows you that even some of our best athletes, and you know, not not just in mobs, but across across the CrossFit world, um, oh, yeah. try and skip steps to get to where they see everybody else is at. Yeah, you know, I, I pride myself on being a decent athlete, and I came into CrossFit. With a good baseline, but even I started at a very light snatch or a very light overhead squat before I started adding more weight to that because it has to be the movement has to be efficient first before you start adding weight, before you start you know doing touch and go reps, before you start um, you know doing full snatches versus a power snatch or a hang power snatch. There has to be a progression to the to the movement.
0: Um, I also would say. If you're working on a progression as accessory work, you don't have to feel jacked after you're done with it. Um, Like you could have a nice chill sesh, just listen to some music. Working on, um, let's say, just the kind of strict ring muscle up motion, um, how pulling the rings to the chest and ripping them through. Um, having that transition work. Um, you don't have to feel jacked when you come out of there. You, you possibly not even might break a sweat, um, depending on how the skill work is done. Um, the main goal is practicing good technique and not failing every rep. Um, if you, probably if you fail a whole bunch and you keep getting frustrated with it, then that's probably where you That's an
2: excellent um, point, Chris. Um, actually was just listening to another podcast, which you should listen to after ours. Uh, ben Bergeron I was just talking about one of his podcasts. Listen to ours first. Yeah, <laughs> ours first. But it was talking about, you know, you training versus practice um, and, and competition when it comes to crossfitters. Uh, practice modes where you don't even break a sweat. But like, you know, if you're practicing rope climbs, you take your foot you practice your J-hook over and over and over again while you're seated on the box. Like, you literally never break a sweat. You never even stand up on the rope. Uh, and then training, you do you know you do at those movements that look more intensity, but you're still focused on getting better at the movement versus competing, where, where, where you're trying to just go as fast as you can. That you might you know, might not have the best technique, but you're trying to, try to win that Um and, and where there's a, a purpose for each one of those, most crossfitters think they're always competing. So you should be doing more practice and training than you are competing. That's right. So every day you come in the gym isn't necessarily competition you should be still practicing some things We're trying to get better at them and then training those things in a window workout as well.
1: Yeah, that's a great. I think CJ just opened up another can of worms that we're going to make our next podcast topic is the difference between practice, training, and competing because I can talk a long time about that and I'm very passionate about that as well. I'm passionate about a lot of things. <laughs> and When I say passionate, it means that it just it gets to me. So no, that one... Though that's another topic that we can talk about hopefully in our next podcast that can take a while just because I mean me myself I'm guilty of not doing the correct type of training where it's like you get sucked into the whiteboard and you're all before you know it all all it becomes is only caring about numbers or performance and that is competing and it it can make or break you and it's one of those things where most for most of us is it it's breaking us it's breaking you it's
0: not making you Um, uh, so that's pretty much all that we're going to talk about progressions today. Uh... Like I said, if, if you
1: are trying to get a movement or you know a goal and you don't know progressions to do, come and talk to us. That's why we're here. We know a lot of progressions that we can't always necessarily do in class. Like, like I said, some some of them take multiple apparatus or just a lot of space that you know we can't have. I can't have seven people doing that type of progression because we don't have the equipment or the room or the time to set it up. So and you can always
2: do YouTube. YouTube is a great resource. Um, obviously, vet your information, but you can always go to YouTube as well, finding some some good resources there through CrossFit, uh, CrossFit YouTube page or other you know high-level CrossFit videos on YouTube pages.
0: And if you're gonna find a progression that's like on Instagram or something, and never done something that's like that ask one of us ask one of the coaches to for, for, take a look at it and to possibly help you out so that make sure that you're actually doing it
1: safely absolutely and also I mean I, I don't know everything I like to think I know everything I don't know everything so if you find some cool progression for a movement and you've never seen us do it tell us because either I know about it and I just you, I've never helped you or I don't know and I would like to know because it would just help my my little repertoire of progressions so then I can add it to my book of things that I can do so if you find a new progression let us know be like hey I did this did you know about this and we'll be like yes or no no I
0: didn't know about that good. Very good point. so uh, after all that good talk about progressions uh, if you're if you listen to the start of the podcast or else you've seen the video podcast at the start of this we're uh, sitting outside recording it um, Summer's here. Summer has brought the heat. Today's a little cooler. Um, You don't even need to warm up when you come in the gym. You're already warm. Yeah. (laughs) Just look at the whiteboard and let's go. (laughs) The cool down is called sitting in front of the van. This summer, um, we have some events coming up. Uh, Also, we would- Yeah, this
1: Saturday we're having a softball game. Be there. It's gonna be fun. going to play some softball. Did you say it's in Westminster. Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's at uh, Amherst Park on like 130 something in Pecos. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. We'll have like some football, maybe spike ball there, just depending. on Just have some general games. If we have enough people, we'll actually play a, like a legit softball game. Otherwise, we might just play like you know, like three on three or something. I don't know. I hope a lot of people come. So we'll
0: cool. see. Um, yeah. Also. Uh, uh, summer's here, and if you're good at, let's say, if since we're talking about progressions, let's say if you're good at, um, like, pull-ups or something like that, um, there's, there's tons of, like, pull-up bars that are just in parks around here, uh, if you ever wanted to, um, like, make a posse and just show up at a park, and have a workout out there, listen to some tunes, like, even us, we would be totally down for the Organize them on like that oh, yeah. like I have a boom box that I can take anywhere oh, we gets pretty loud out, Chris, yes.
2: right? We've all seen it
1: It's awesome I don't know about take anywhere I think it's not really portable friendly <laughs> Well when you when you got the gains Taking on a hike uh, with you <laughs> <laughs> You work out at the same time Help <laughs> um, Yeah so if you have any ideas let us know or just keep your eyes and ears peeled Because we will be doing some outdoor stuff as the weather gets hotter
2: um, also, for game-ready stuff, uh, we're starting a game-ready summer performance class here at CrossFit Mob uh, on Monday. That it starts next it starts Yeah, on Monday. Coach Godley teaching that for us. Yeah. So you get all those details and everything. If you want to sign your kids up for it ages 9. All the way to, I'm sorry, no, ages 13 to 18 is what we're looking at for this camp. Um, just more fitness-based, uh, not so much sports performance, but more fitness-based, getting those, those kids off the couch. Um, getting them moving, getting them hex like goblins. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. GameReadyFit.com for details. Or you can email us. Contact at GameReadyFit.
0: Um. So anything else you guys want to talk about? Not right no. now. We're good, okay. Uh, we're gonna come and hit you up next week uh, with another podcast. Uh, talking about training versus competition Speeding. or comp- competing.
1: The mentality and mind state you need to have And also making the most of your training time In the gym Absolutely. It, If you want to compete like I, The goal, that, it, we'll talk about it If you want to get speed. better in general Not Not If you want to get, get better as a crossfitter yes. yeah. If you, you want to move better, get better Move safely and promote longevity Because the sport of fitness Crossfit If you do it correctly
0: You can stay fit and healthy for a long time And to look cooler when it comes to Instagram Because you know you got to do it do it for the gram. But yeah, this is episode 23 of Power Podcasts. Um, Yeah, 23. We'll hit you up next week. Peace out.